Welcome to the Living Fabulously Fierce podcast, a podcast honing in on living with aim. That's authenticity, intention, and masterful execution. All of this as we journey through the process of self-discovery, self-definition, and self-distinction. I'm your host, Farah Bernier, talent management executive and certified coach working with fabulously fierce women across the globe. Join me as I share coaching tips and resources that you can apply to your own journey to living fabulously fierce. And as an added bonus, I'm never doing this alone. Each week, I'll introduce you to one new guest joining me to share how they live fabulously fierce. Do keep in mind while I'm here for you and we'll take on this journey together. This is not meant to be a substitute for live coaching engagements. To find out more about coaching one-on-one, you've got a few options. Please feel free to visit www.farahbernier.co. That's www.farahbernier.co. Or you can email me at farahbernier at gmail.com. And of course, the Living Fabulously Fierce handle on Instagram. With that, as always, I'm so excited to be here with you today, so let's jump into today's session. Hello, hello, beautiful people. I am coming to you in this last episode of Living Fabulously Fierce, the podcast in this form. And I just want to be very clear to our one listener who is not accepting this truth very adamantly, um, so much so to the last, uh, our last conversation when they shared with me their sentiments on the previous episode, our most recent before this one, um, that when they heard that heard me share that this would be our last episode, they responded, oh yeah, yeah, it's always the last one. I'll be waiting for the next, thank you. And that listener, everyone, is my mother. So for all those still in doubt, question and pause, including one Mrs. Bernier, this is indeed the last Living Fabulously Fierce podcast episode in this format. I am intentionally saying in this format because there will be an evolution. Um, I'm not sure when I will pick up podcasting again, um, but it will take a different format. I am so grateful for the space, the time, the attention that all of you have afforded me in this format and via this media. And I don't take it lightly. I say that every single episode, um, or at least I try to say it every episode, um, and the it being a, just an acknowledgement that there are many options um, for you to invest your time, energy, and attention. And so many of you have stayed here with me on this podcast journey of Living Fabulously Fierce. Um, so many of you have reached out via DMs, via um, messages through the platform. Um, Many of you have signed up to work with me and coaching engagements as a result of listening to the podcast in one episode, um, you know, resonating with you and prompting you to take a a form of investment in yourself through an investment in coaching. 
And I take none of that for granted. Um, as I mentioned last week, just um, thinking back to what prompted this, this mode of creativity for me was the pandemic. And here we are three years later, so many seasons later, multiple guests later, so many different things having come up as a result of this. I, I sit in deep appreciation and true gratitude. I'm also just reflecting in, in a continued format, I guess, from the reflection from last week and this idea of just believing in the power of possibilities more than the power of the pressing and the proximate. I guess to some extent, this has been my focused mantra over the past couple of weeks, but especially this past week after sharing it with you, I am leaning into a sense of responsibility and honor to lean more into that truth, that truth of believing in possibilities more than believing in the power of the pressing and the proximate. And I'm excited for what's next. I'm excited about what that call of reflection, that call of accountability puts on us, um, calls us towards, calls us forward into. And I look at this journey of the Living Fabulously Fierce podcast, both as an exercise of podcasting, but it really has been a sort of love letter to all of us in the reflection exercises, in the guest spotlights, in the reflections with the guest. It has been a love letter to all of us, a love letter that calls forth some pause some pause that calls for potential pivots, some pivots that call forth a bit of pressure, hopefully in all the right ways to prioritize ourselves. Prioritization that really allows us to put ourselves, even if it's just for the moment of listening to each episode, to center ourselves. We're not afforded that all the time. And not centering ourselves from a sense self-centeredness, um, if you will, but centering ourselves to go inward, to pull out what may be brewing in us, what is yearning to come out in the form of awareness, insights, foresight. And under this model of aim, authenticity, intention, masterful execution. But here's what's interesting about this level, love, excuse me, love letter and its pause, its pivots, its call for prioritization. It sets the stage for quite a bit of evolution. Even that model transparently for me shifted about, it was around new year this year um, in discussions with a friend, another coach, where masterful execution shifted to mindful execution. You know, masterful can just by default give a sense of undesired pressure, another marker to have to chase. 
versus embrace this opportunity. And so even evolution in our language of what we're holding ourselves accountable to, that's, that's what's come forth for me, that I get to embrace continued opportunities for growth, evolution, elevation. And I do my part in embracing that by honing in on authenticity, on my intentions, and with mindful execution. I hope in every episode you have sensed my deep care for this space, for you as listeners, no matter where you are, whether I've heard from you or not, whether I've worked with you in coaching or not, I care about the growth, evolution, elevation of all of humanity, and especially of those whom I get to influence in some form or fashion. Early, early on, I I shared that I aim to be a reflection of my name, what it means, and Farah means joy. And I've continued to grow and evolve into that. And the elevation of that for me is now not only being that in everything, as much as I possibly can, but also setting an expectation of others. Um, I recently got to catch up with my new friend, fellow coach, um, Melissa Hanskins, who's just remarkable. I, I can't say enough about her. Um, so if you're interested, I'm not even going to give away her area of focus and, and her experience. I would just encourage you to, if you can, um, check out Melissa Hankins. Just Google her, um, check her out on LinkedIn. Um, Melissa Hankins, A, excuse me, H-A-N-K-I-N-S. Um, but in our recent catch-up, we, we got into um, just conversation about what it means to be grown. And I shared this idea, this um, commitment to having a curated community of care for myself. And foundational for me is reciprocity of joy. I want to be joy, that reflection of my name, but I also expect experiences of joy in my interactions and in, in my relationships. It doesn't mean people have to make me laugh and happy all the time, but there's some level of reciprocity um, that is important. And I share that just to share my own evolution. Um, and I also hope that in this experience of lis listening to the Living Fabulously Fairs podcast, and this love letter of sorts to self, to others, to each and every one of you, that you have experienced light in seasons of what may felt may have felt like a lot of darkness. You have experienced new insights that facilitate deep reflection that you have experienced relevance, relativity to those who joined me because we really all are one. 
and that you've experienced some sort of growth, evolution, and elevation right where you are in whatever it is you're doing in whatever circles, communities, spaces you get to influence. And as I wrap today's episode, I say this every time, I'm so excited about today's guest, but truly, 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 I don't know that I could have been given the honor of such a wonderful way to wrap than with today's guest, truly. So I hope you have embraced Living Fabulously Fierce, the podcast, as the gift that I intended it to be. And upon my reflection, realizing it was a love letter to us all. And that today, as we wrap up with with this final episode in this format, that you gift yourself even more opportunities for reflection, more opportunities that give you pause, embrace more opportunities for potential pivots, that you prioritize yourself however you can, whenever you can, and that you will continue to engage with me in all the opportunities that are coming forward. And that's just a little crumb that I'll leave here now as an invitation for you to stay through the end. Stay through the end because at the end of today's episode, I will share how we will continue to engage with each other moving forward beyond our podcast engagement. So with that, I'm excited for our guest segment today. Get your notebooks ready um, and we'll jump right in. Welcome back listeners. We are here with our guest segment for today's episode. I am always saying that I'm very, very excited for this segment of the episode. And today I am beyond measure ecstatic. Um, So as usual, I'm going to have my guest introduce herself to us. So please tell us who you are. Sure. My name is Simidele Adiagbo. My friends call me Simi. Um, Some even call me Africa's original slave queen, and that's because I'm probably best known for becoming the first Nigerian Winter Olympian and the first African and Black woman to compete in the sport of skeleton at the Olympics. Um, So outside of being an Olympian, I am a daughter, a sister, an aunt, a friend, an entrepreneur, a speaker, and an author, and just somebody who uh, likes to slay life. And um, hopefully we'll get to talk a little bit more about what I mean by that. Slay to me just embodies um, a mindset of bringing your boldest, bravest self to life each and every day. I love all of that. And this is why, and I was telling Simi beforehand, I, I have our guests introduce themselves. And it's always a joy for me, but this is even more so because it just proves partly why. I didn't know the author piece. So I'm excited um, to hear more about that. And and actually, can we jump in right there? Yeah. Tell us about what you've published. Yeah. So I released uh, and published a children's book called Slay, Slay, Slay All Day. 
um, last year. And um, for me, this was about really bringing um, the story to life for children to let them know that they can slay all day, literally. So the, the story is about um, a young girl who has ambitions to uh, slay and go sledding as fast as she can down this hill, but um, has some fears in doing that and is not sure if she can achieve this goal of hers and goes through various obstacles along the way and realizes that her ability to slay is really about unlocking her power from within. And um, so this is um, a story inspired by my personal journey, slaying at the Olympics, um, but just brought to life through um, a kid-friendly kind of fun um, story around bravery, resilience, and the power that we can all tap into within. So I was really excited to share that with the world. And um, for me, um, it's a message that I think we all need to hear from, you know, the kids on up. Um, so I wanted to start with the kids because I think the sooner we can start, you know, helping them understand, you know, the power that they hold within themselves to be brave and bold, um, then, you know, the best is truly yet to come in their lives. So, um, yeah, that was a very um, eventful kind of journey to become an author. It's something that I've had on my radar for some time, but um, finally just, you know, put pen to paper and put the story out there. And so far, it's just been very rewarding to see, you know, young readers connect with the story um, around the world. Um, I've had a chance to um, take it to South Africa, Nigeria, Harlem, you know, I did a, a book tour that took me around the world and um, was able to uh, basically give some books away to kids from underserved communities through that. And it's just been really powerful um, just to see the impact that the story um, and the message is making with young readers around the world. Yeah, that is amazing. It's, um, there's so many routes I want to go right now. What One quick thing I do want to say, because we do have a very mixed audience um, across all different demographics. So when we say slay all day, and we know that you slay as an Olympian, but what does it mean to you to slay? Well, I mean, I like the term because it's a double meaning. Um, and for me, you know, we have all kinds of slay queens out there in the world because we know that this is popular slang language. So it's not new, but for me, um, you know, it really has true meaning because in my sport, we actually call it slaying, you know? Yeah. Um, my sport is um, has its origin in Europe, and in Europe, they don't call it bobsled, they call it bobsleigh, um, yeah. and the sleds are called sleighs, and so that is a real thing, that's not just like, I'm a sleigh queen, I'm a literal yeah. sleigh queen in the sense of my sport, um, that's what it's called, so uh, for me, that rings true, but then when you think about the kind of slang language around slay, you know, when someone says I slayed, it's really a term of empowerment. Yeah. And so I, you know, want to kind of reclaim that, you know, yeah. as part of, you know, my identity, my brand, if you will. Um, the origin story really though, is when I was um, uh, leading up to the first Olympic games that I competed in, in 2018, um, I was looking to establish my social media presence 
And, you know, um, some would call my name unique uh, because it's of Nigerian origin, um, Yoruba language. And so I could have used my name um, when establishing my social media platforms, but I thought it might be hard for people to find me. Uh, they mm -hmm. might not realize how to spell it, um, you know, all of these things. And so I was trying to find kind of a, a different way to, um, uh, to have my social media name. And so um, Simi Slays came to mind. And as soon as it came to my mind, I just loved it because it just embodied everything that I wanted to stand for on that historic journey to Olympic history. You know, I'm slain, you know, yeah. I'm literally slain, but I'm also just kind of unlocking this movement of empowerment um, to show others that they can slay too. So it's stuck. And that for me has become kind of the epicenter um, of everything that I do, um, I go back to this idea of empowering people to slay. And so yeah. that's kind of how it all began. I, I love that. I appreciate you elaborating because I didn't want that to get lost. So thank you. No worries. Um, there's so much that you do and so many um, prongs of your impact. If you had to describe or define the space in which you're having impact, what would you say it is? The space um, is not really limited to one space, I would say, you know, and maybe that's kind of a general way to say, like, I tried to make impact in every space that I step in. You know, there's this, the impact that I make literally in my sport on the ice. But as of late, I mean, especially in the last kind of 12 to 18 months, I've really started getting clear that that's so limited. I'm literally on the ice for 60 seconds at a time. And, um, you know, at the Olympic Games, you know, that's when the world is watching. That's a 17 day period. Um, so it's great to make impact through sport. But um, where I feel like the true impact that I can make um, and make in the biggest way is off the ice and off the field of play. And so I've really been focusing on what does that look like? And so the spaces that I, I typically do that in is in the corporate world. Um, I work with a lot of uh, Fortune 500 companies um, to help them empower their employees, um, help them unlock you know, their greatness and help them really have that championship mindset, that mindset that they they can achieve anything and, and really giving them the, the tools and the strategies on the how to do that. Um, so that's one of the spaces that I uh, make impact in. The other, um, which is fairly newer, um, is I've taken a step into kind of philanthropy and the nonprofit space. Uh, I started my own nonprofit, the Simi Slays Foundation. And here I'm really focused on our mission, which is to, um, empower women and girls through sport and we want to build a better world by doing that and so we have programs that are focused on supporting elite um, women athletes at the olympic and paralympic levels and also everyday girls how do we empower them through the principles of sport to become better leaders and so um, making impact in that in that way as well and of course the things that i I mentioned about you know becoming an author. That's you know just another way that I'm I'm making impact. So I try to really just 
be in the space that I'm in and whatever that is, uh, that's an opportunity to make impact. I love that, especially like to hear you call out, and I don't think anyone would ever think of it this way, but call out the space that we see you in or would see you in um, as 60 seconds, 17 days. Like, no, it's so much bigger to us who get to see you, the representation, the story behind getting to those 60 seconds, 17 days, the first time you did, like, I'm, I'm still, I think we connected almost a year ago now and listening to your story on, like, I'm still bewildered by that. And you have this macro view of your life and your being where that is honored. You honor that because it is such a powerful piece of who you are and you honor your whole being outside of 60 seconds, 17 days. And so I think that also, or at least the way I'm, I'm receiving that is such a um, blessed call for accountability, honestly, to live the way we say here that we live uh, um, through living fabulously fierce intentionally on the macro. So living fabulously fierce is living with aim. This aim being authenticity, intention, and masterful execution and no pressure, but it sounds like that's just your default mode of operating, living with aim. So could you share with us maybe how some of this may resonate with you, this um, idea of aim, authenticity, intention, masterful execution, and how you practice this on the day-to-day? -day? Yeah, I think for me, this is something that since I went to the Olympics in 2018, this is something that has really transformed within me. Um, I think prior to that, yeah, I think I was a go-getter, you know, and always kind of lived with intentionality and uh, set high goals and achieved them. And maybe that just comes from, I don't know, maybe it's not everyone's default as an athlete, but I, I've been a high level athlete for much of my life, um, going up to college as a four-time All-American in track and field. And, and you know, I think there's certain um, kind of principles that sport teaches you that helps you kind of become that and uh, have that discipline. But um, for the most part, I think I was just living like, you know, the typical nine to five life prior to the, uh, the Olympic journey that I went on, you know, and it was satisfying in a way, but I think like many people, sometimes when you're going to work day in, day out, you're not really feeling as fulfilled, maybe not feeling as challenged and you're wondering what else, you know, um, but when I was introduced to the sport of skeleton, uh, which is actually quite a terrifying sport if you haven't if you're not familiar with it google it um, you'll see that it involves an athlete pretty much being head first down this ice track on this thing that looks like a tea tray on ice skates and going at speeds of up to 90 miles an hour um, so it was not a sport that I ever envisioned myself doing um, but what brought me there to that point was kind of um, a a calling to a greater purpose um, that through sport I could fulfill. 
And that for me really was a wake up call. Um, going on that journey, being, first of all, bold and brave enough to try it. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I never planned on doing anything like that. And so when I decided to answer that call of, you know, this could be bigger than you, this could help other people see what's possible. This could also help showcase the greatness of the continent of Africa. All of these things that were speaking to me, um, then I had to decide, am I going to answer that call? Am I going to take action in a sport that's so unknown and unfamiliar to me? And I wasn't sure what the outcome was going to be, but I decided to do it anyways. And so going on that journey and ending up making Olympic history in this short amount of time, because this happened in about a hundred day period, I think just I mean, was life-changing. It helped me really see that, wow, anything literally is possible. I could not have dreamt of this. Like I would never have thought this would be possible, but it happened and it was possible. And so that has led me to kind of a mindset that, you know what? I can do anything. And that journey has continued post that um, Olympic historic run and it led me to make other life choices um, that continue to help me unleash that brave, bold, powerful kind of mindset of slaying. So, you know, shortly after uh, I went back to my day job after the Olympics and stayed there for another probably um, close to a year or so and, and just really decided, you know, I would be doing that. Olympic journey a disservice if I don't continue to live with this mindset of trying new things, being bold and brave um, and seeing what happens. And so I took the step to um, leave the corporate world, which was also very daunting, kind of like going headfirst down a skeleton track. That's what it felt like when I made the choice to leave corporate and, and seeing what other you know things I could unlock within myself, other career aspirations I could explore. And that's what's led me to the work that I, I'm, I'm doing today. So um, I don't know if I actually answered your question, but I just- And then some, that, you did, and then some. <laughs> that, you know, I think that having that life-changing journey to the Olympics has really helped to shape my mindset going forward of how I look at life, how I want to live authentically, how I know it requires intentionality because, you know, I could have also said when I- I discovered this hair raising sport like oh you know I'll let the next girl do it but I had to take that step I had to take action and that that requires intention and then you know you go through the rest of the process and you make a plan and you you work towards your goals and so I that's my aim for life now yeah. not just for that 100 days that's how I, I'm looking at life I I'm just in awe um, on multiple fronts to me because part of it is um, what I've sit and bewildered about was the hundred days. That that was the thing that like I I just remember when you shared that with us. Um, last I was just like a hundred days, mm -hmm. and then you challenged us. Well, what do you want to do on a hundred days? And I met that challenge. I don't know if I ever followed up with you on that, but I did. I did, and literally anything is possible anything right. is possible yeah. but you also 
call out the reality of, I love how you said this, it's like going on a small tea tray at speeds, like unimaginable down, like there's a reality here, Mm. right? That this is not for the faint of heart, but I'm, I, the decision wasn't, and keep me honest here, the decision wasn't whether or not to slay. The decision was whether or not to answer the call. Yes, that's that's a great uh, point. Yeah, it was, slaying was like, you know, a, I guess a physical manifestation of, mm. uh, you know, what was a, a bigger call, a deeper call, a more purposeful call. And I think that's really important when you talk about like kind of this construct of aim. And what I learned through this process is that it helped to have that clear purpose. That was the North Star for me because I I feel like you need a really good reason to hurl yourself head first down an ice track. You guys please like, I'm not just out here in the street doing this for fun. I mean, in fact, I mean, uh, a lot of people wouldn't think this, but I am not a thrill seeker generally in life. I'm not looking for a roller coaster. I'm not making plans to bungee jump or skydive. Like that's not what I'm looking for in life. So the idea that I'm doing this sport, um, it really pushes me in a lot of ways, challenges me. But that's why for me, it was much more connected to purpose. And purpose is what powers that slaying, you know, so yeah, I answered the call and then you saw it manifested physically through me slain. Amazing. I mean, isn't that probably what we all need to understand? Because <clears throat> my interpretation of that is if you if you have a if you have a call on your purpose, we all have a purpose. If you have a call on your purpose that is palpable to you, we immediately generally try to figure out well how. How am I going to do this? Yeah. And what I'm hearing again is, is pause on the how, you know, guilty, super type A personality person over here. I'm raising my hand, you know, for folks who can't see um, and put that on pause. Just make a decision. Are you answering the call? Hmm. Yeah. And then from there, it is inevitable that there's a manifestation and at what I also love is the manifestation was so counter to who you may used to, you may be used to being mm, yes. like, I'm dying right now that you do not like roller coasters. I think that is the most hilarious thing. <laughs> nope. I'm good. Ma'am, you are going down. <laughs> no, you will not get on a roller coaster. <laughs> what I love about that is it it tells you it's not about the how it is about the what is your purpose what is the calling and then the rest will fall into play um in my prayer and meditation time this week something keeps coming up for me that um I'm crying I'm laughing so hard um that courage is not the absence of fear it is the ability to go in in order to get through Mm. and it's that piece that it is the ability we think courage is for some and not for others Mm -hmm. but it's actually an ability we all have the ability to be courageous 
Yes. And the question is, will you go in? Will you get in this tea tray in order to go through? Mm. And the through is this now bigger macro manifestation beyond this amazingly impactful 60 seconds, 17 days. Yes. So that well I, sorry, <laughs> say it again. I said so well put. I, I <laughs> completely agree. And I think uh, specifically when you talk about courage, that is something that we can all tap into, but maybe perhaps don't know like, you know, if that's possible, but it is. And this has been kind of a, a masterclass of tapping into courage. I have had to learn how to coexist with fear. Mm -hmm. um, when I stand atop of the track, I still get scared. I'm, you know, there's a lot of, you know, reasons to be fearful, yeah. um, but I think this sport has really helped strengthen me in terms of my mindset and help me be courageous and learn what true courage is because that fear is always going to be there, but I cannot allow it to, to stop mm -hmm. me, to distract me. Um, there's bigger things that I want to do and impact that I want to make that are bigger than the fear. So I just have to learn how to coexist with that fear. It's gonna be there, but yeah. rather than focusing on it, I rather focus on, you know, my why. Why am I doing what I'm doing and the impact that that can make? And also on a very practical level, you know, just to manage that fear and coexist with it. I think about the fact that I'm prepared. I am ready. Um, you know, I am strong. I am powerful. I've trained for this. Um, and so when I can deflect from the fear and focus on, you know, executing in that moment and being present, um, I am being courageous. And so it's really about learning how to coexist with that fear and not allow it to stop the impact that we can make as human beings. Yeah. Um, I love the coexisting with fear. And what I hear is to coexist, it's a coping with or through preparedness, readiness, and acknowledge that acknowledgement of your power. That's, that's amazing. Um, you know, something I just said to a client of mine, he's dealing with some big stuff. Um, and I shared with him part of my coexisting with fear because that that is when you you really are empowered over fear when you accept that it's a coexistence um i just believe in the power of possibilities more mm -hmm. than i believe in the power of the pressing whatever stressing you out and the proximate sometimes it's people what's close to you who's close to you mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that the pressing and the proximate is not there they're real mm -hmm. but the power of possibility is far more a better investment of your belief than mm. the belief of these other things as impact so i'm picturing you and I've, i wanted to ask you that was where i was going to go next like are you afraid when you're at the top getting ready to go down he was like yes I <laughs> so thank you for sharing that and hearing what the coexisting process for that fear going with you um mm. is but you're going I'm going. Yeah. You know, I'm going. Fear or no fear. It's the fear is there. Okay, great. Hi, fear. Yeah. Um, we got to slay. Like, that's kind of how <laughs> it is. But uh, courage is something that you can practice. You practice it. It's just like I train in the gym, 
to get stronger and I build my muscles physically, uh, the, 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 um, the strength that comes with building courage over time takes practice. So I, I have to actively work on that. I work on that in my training sessions and at the race, you know, and every day I, I feel that I, I'm stronger in my ability to be able to be more courageous. Um, so it's, it's a muscle that we, we have to actively cultivate and, and build. Yeah. Um, you just reminded me of a quote that I love. It's from, there was this show, it may still be on, but I, I don't recall. Um, it's a YouTube show. I think it was done by Issa Rae and it's mm -hmm. called Giants. Mm -hmm. And there is this scene, which I think I rewound and played over and over again, where one of the characters says, some giants you slay, some you tell what seat to take at the table. Mm. And that my interpretation interpretation of that is you you give the script you want fear to play in your life. You don't let fear run its own script. Um, because not every giant needs to be slayed, slain, excuse me. Um, but you get to decide how you slay in coping in coexisting with fear. Right. Um, and I think both that's all so true. And Sometimes though it can we can maybe we're making it sound like oh it's easy you know this is not easy you know no. for me it might be the fear of you know throwing myself headfirst down an ice track for somebody else it might be taking a step outside of their comfort zone whatever that looks like maybe it's applying for a new job or starting a business or whatever that looks like these it, that takes courage um, and sometimes you have to build into it, you know, and, and set these little micro kind of milestones to help build up to, you know, your, your goal and also build up to really fully slaying um, some of these fears. Yeah. Um, I literally could sit here all day with you, but I'm being conscious of time. I promised to me I would make sure I'm conscious of time. One of the things that I'm always curious about is if you could think back to the Simi of 10, 15 years ago mm -hmm. and all the wisdom and insight you have now, all of the wisdom. Um, I hope everybody had a notebook while they're listening to this, just all the gems you gave us, um, but all the wisdom and insight you have now, if you could talk to that Simi of 10, 15 years ago and just give her one piece of wisdom or insight, what is that piece that you absolutely want her to have? Um, I think I would want her to know, and this is actually a quote from, I believe Muhammad Ali said this, um, you don't lose, um, you learn, you know, um, something like that. I, I may mm -hmm. not be getting that quote exactly right, but, um, I think 10, 15 years ago, I looked at things more black and white, like you either make it or you don't, or, mm -hmm. you, know, uh, you know, back then I was trying out for the summer Olympics and in track and field and actually tried two times to make a track and field Olympic team and fell short, didn't make it. And it was devastating. Um, that disappointment just felt so paralyzing. Um, and I think it was because, yeah, obviously you put everything into it and you you hope for a good outcome and you want to make it. But at that time, I just, I just saw it as so black and white. But now I understand from 
my life journey that, you know, there are going to be wins and losses, quote unquote, but it's really just more about the learning um, and taking from each experience and building on that. In a way that might seem cliche, but like I, I, I've just found that the journey is that much more enriching when you can frame it that way. Because if everything is about the literal wins, like you will not have many things to celebrate. Yeah. It's more about the learnings along the way and allowing those to propel you forward and you build on each one and you take from each experience and you keep going. And so um, I think that's what I would tell Simi 10, 15 years ago is just that it's not uh, so much about winning or losing. It's about the learning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also just appreciate how real you are about the reality of being courageous. Um, it's not easy. And we all have different contexts of that. To your point, someone may need to or may find themselves in a position of just needing to find a new job. Someone may be in a position of debating, am I going to start this business? We all have our different things that call up pause and fear and and require us to push beyond what we're feeling. Mm -hmm. On the days that you're off kilter, if you think about the fact that, like we talked about this for me, I give myself accountability back with just simply saying living fabulously fierce. I know what that means for me when courage doesn't feel so easily accessible or when I have to do something new and different that stirs up that pause or that fear. Um, and it's just living fabulously fierce. If you had to finish the phrase for you, what would it be for Simi living fabulously what? Hmm. Should I include fierce in, in that too? Like living fabulously fierce and like... Nope, just yours. I mean, I won't be offended if you use fierce. I would love that, but that's, you don't have to. <laughs> I mean, the word that's coming to mind right now is freedom. So living mm -hmm. fabulously free. And mm -hmm. freedom for me has been unleashed in many ways in the last few years as part of my Olympic journey. You know, it's about making choices and owning those choices and being free in those choices, knowing that the world is my oyster, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the world is all of our oysters. We have something to contribute, impact to make. We just have to give ourselves the freedom to, to do that. Like there is no box that anyone can put you in. Um, mm -hmm. And if you are in a box, you need to uncage yourself and be free and do that in all aspects of, of life, um, personally, professionally, there's just a strength and freedom that um, allows you to then go out there and be a force, you know, in the world and a force for good, whatever that looks like for you. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like confined by anything, you know, nobody thought they'd see a Nigerian winter Olympian, here she is, yeah. um, you know, I spent 15 years in the corporate world and wasn't sure you know what that path was was going to um I I freed myself from that and now I'm building my own journey you know there's not so many uh authors of color well here I am telling a story in a way that I want to tell it um so in every way you know um I'm I'm living free and through that freedom 
trying to make the impact that I want to make and helping the next generation of whether it's elite women athletes or girls, whatever. But I love this freedom and this phase of life. Yeah. Uncage yourself. Live fabulously free. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. So, I mean, if people want to find you or just connect, what's the best way for them to do that? Yes. So I shared the origin story of my social media um, platforms. Um, You can find me at Simi Slays. So remember, Mm -hmm. the Slays is spelt differently than you typically might expect. So my handle is S-I-M-I-S-L-E-I-G-H-S. So Simi Slays, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, LinkedIn. You can find me under my full name, Simidele Adiago. Um, and then if you're interested in um, sharing the powerful message of slay, slay, slay all day yeah. with a youngster in your life, um, it's available everywhere books are sold. So Google it and you can find uh, your local uh, a retail store that can uh, get you that message. So yeah, that's where you can find me. And if you're interested in supporting the work that I'm doing um, through my nonprofit organization, the Simi Slays Foundation, you can visit simislaysfoundation.org. Awesome. And I'll include this all in your, um, in the bio for your, uh, um, for this episode. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you a million times over. So grateful for this time with you. Um, Really, really appreciate everything you shared and um, just the inspiring story of your journey and how that can help us and how we're continuing to live our most authentic, intentional, and masterfully executed lives. So thank you. You're welcome. And if you want some of these lessons brought live to your, your team and your organization, can also reach out um, to me via email um, at media at adeagbo.com, M-E-D-I-A at A-D-E-A-G-B-O. I speak to tons of organizations um, every year and help them unleash um, their best selves and help them slay as well. So Yeah, and I just have to give a shout out to um, Kara Shortsleeve and uh, the Leadership Consortium. Um, For those who've been listening for all our seasons, Kara was with us on season three, I believe, maybe four. Um, But Simi came in and spoke to all the coaches for TLC as a gift to us. And I am continuing to reap from that gift, as you can see today in Simi. So you will not be at a loss by partnering with Simi in that way. So again, we'll include those in the show notes as well. Um, Listeners, as always, there's so many places and other outlets you can give your time and attention. And so definitely appreciate you joining us here for today's conversation. If you need to go back, play it again, I'm sure you need to, to just capture all the insights from Simi, please do. Um, And we will catch you in the next Living Fabulously Fierce space. Thanks everyone. Okay, my friends, I hope you thoroughly enjoyed today's episode so far. Um, I, I just continue to sit with Simi's points, reflection. I, it's just so much for us to just continue to sit with and embrace, embrace so much of 
her own experiences that she shared with us, embrace them as some sort of a template blueprint for us to make any shifts that we want. And as she said, uncage ourselves wherever um, we may feel we are, we are caged, i.e. limited or not expanding and growing to our full potential. And with that, I, I promised you at the beginning in the first segment of today's episode that I would share with you how to continue to be engaged with me moving forward. Part of the, what I'll call pause on the Living Fabulously Fierce podcast is I am shifting to more regularly scheduled ongoing group coaching sessions. And I, I was especially inspired to do this while I was in Portugal just a month ago now. I, I had an incredible opportunity to just step away and reflect and, and just do the things that I wish all of us had more opportunity, privilege, just benefit to do. And I realized that not, a, not all of us get to experience that yet. And so my intention is to share my own experiences, my own areas of growth, evolution and elevation, and reinforce empowerment of self through this resource of coaching in the format of group coaching. So I have launched the Sewing Into the Future You group coaching program. Many of you have been through my master class, which was about 90 minutes in its original form. Um, you've sat with me and, and others um, in this class where we just went through the process of setting a vision, aligning to that vision, and setting a few action items to start putting that vision into motion. That was also launched during the pandemic. Um, and my, my intent was to facilitate some form of community while also learning and activating through coaching. Now I am hosting Sewing Into the Future You as a one day, five and a half hour uh, coaching, group coaching session for groups of up to and only 10 women and myself. I have expanded all of the work that we did in the masterclass to really hone into the power of belief in the possible. That was the gift that I received while I took this time out for myself just a month ago um, and got to travel and just downloaded so much. And I'm going to be sharing a model that I created with all the participants in this program. This will be an incredible time for reflection, an incredible time for activation, an incredible time for community, an incredible time for empowerment. I am not saying all of this just because I'm the one who put the program together, designed it. I am saying all of this because no matter where you are, what you're doing, how you're experiencing, whatever you're experiencing, a timeout in the form of group coaching can only serve to benefit you in achieving whatever goals you have. My intention is just to share this format 
for all those who are committed to investing in themselves in this way. I have shared this with my coaching clients already, and a number have already signed up. So slots are limited. This is one in which I cannot be quote unquote, fair and nice and, oh, just let someone else in. Oh, just let one more person in. And then we end up with 30 people. Nope, I'm limiting this to 10. And I've actually also let my early bird price stay. I'm not upping the price. Until the end of this week, you can still register for this program um, for the originally uh, uh, slated early bird pricing. So this is the way you will be able to continue to engage with me if you've thoroughly enjoyed the Living Fabulously Fierce podcast, if you have gained anything, anything at all, um, throughout these five seasons with me, with my guest, know that I'm going to bundle quite a bit of this into this program and then some, a whole lot more. And in addition to that, you will be joined by nine other Fabulously Fierce women who are in the same space as you are and just looking to make an additional investment in themselves to pause, pivot, and prioritize self. So if you're ready to join us, the next session is scheduled for August 12th. There are just a few seats left. Um, and if this is at all of interest to you, sign up today. The link to sign up is in the body of um, the description of today's podcast episode right below Simi's bio. Do not miss out. I promise you, and my nephew would always tell you that she does not use the word promise unless she means it. I promise you, this will only benefit you, will only serve you, and be a worthwhile investment of your time, your energy, and your intention. So again, the details are in the bottom of the bio section of today's podcast description. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me. And beyond that, I am gone from this platform as we wrap today's episode, but I'm not gone from you. As you always have, please reach out any questions, anything you need. I am always here and happy to help. And I look forward to seeing you in the Sewing Into the Future You group coaching program and wherever else our paths may cross. A million times over and with deep gratitude, thank you again. This has been quite the journey. I'm deeply grateful and look forward to so much more that I will be able to share with you, engage you in, and continue being fabulously fierce.